her production, she put on for a giant. Hey, that's the rest of 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 the rest Talk your shit, Bree. All right, so let's get started. You guys, we are back. Thank you so much for listening to the Bree Moore Productions podcast, a safe place for the Black opinion. I am honored to say that we have a very special guest, Dr. Umar Johnson. And today we're going to speak about a lot of things. I have a lot of questions, but we're going to target ADHD and also his event that he have coming up um, soon in Dallas. So the event is called the Black Parents Academic School Rights Conference. It's on May 2nd from 9 to 9 p.m. It's at the Martin Luther King Recreation Center in South Dallas. And you can purchase your tickets at drumarjohnson.com. So if you are interested, and I hope you are interested, and I hope that you guys become more interested after this podcast episode, please make sure to check out his website, www.drumarjohnson.com. The information will also be in the show notes as well. Dr. Umar Johnson, thank you so much for visiting the Bring More Productions podcast, the safe place for the Black opinion. Like I said before, I am so excited about this. Uh, thank you, Queen. Glad to be on the show. Thank you. So um, I hear that you are coming to, to Dallas. Can you tell us more about the event that's taking place on May 2nd? Yes, ma'am. The National Independent Black Parent Association is an organization that I started approximately four years ago to organize black parents in the 70 areas where I felt that the racism and black parental ignorance was carrying the greatest toll when it comes to the miseducation of our children and the school to prison pipeline of our boys. And those seven areas are special education, school discipline, school finance, school policy, social support, parent advocacy, and homeschooling. And so what I decided to do in 2020 was make 2020 the year of the educated black parent, the year of the educated black parent. And with that, I have embarked upon a national black parent know your school rights training tour to go all across the country. We have 15 states that we've chosen and black parents can choose whatever state they want to go to uh, for that training. But there will be 15 of them, and, and again, parents can choose where they want to go. And the purpose of this training, it's a 12-hour intensive 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. training. It is very intense because we're going to cover every topic and every subject that is relevant in order for black parents to effectively protect their children. So we'll deal with the psychological evaluation process the IEP process, uh, what is special education, what are the 13 disabilities, what are your rights regarding vaccinations in uh, public and charter school, uh, what are your rights to your child's paperwork, how to understand psychological testing, how to interpret test scores, how to challenge the decisions made by the school, what is ADHD, what is psychiatric medication, and how can you object to these things. So it's about 30 different topics that we cover during the course of those 12 hours. And this is a one-time tour. 
long time. And that's because, God willing, next year, the Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey Academy campus that we purchased last year, hopefully, with the will of God, will be renovated and ready for us to occupy it. So this will be, quote-unquote, my last free year to travel and teach. So I'm asking every black parent with school-age children, don't be lazy. Don't ignore this opportunity to learn how to protect your child because it will not come around again. And so we will be in White Plains, New York on February the 29th. We'll be in Newark, New Jersey. March the 1st, we'll be in uh, Long Beach, California. March the 7th, Oklahoma City. March the 21st, Charlotte, North Carolina. March the 28th, we have Connecticut, April 11th, Mississippi, April 18th, and then we will be in Dallas, Texas, May the 2nd. And this is a statewide tour. So black parents in Austin need to come to Dallas on May 2nd. If you live in Houston, San Antonio, Longview, Texas, you need to come to Dallas on May 2nd. There will only be one tour per state. And the Texas training will be in Dallas on May the 2nd from 9 to 9. And they can register on my website, drumarjohnson.com, D-R-U-M-A-R Johnson.com. So I noticed that you are very passionate about ADHD and like comparing you to other conscious um, leaders in our community, you are more targeting the black family instead of a lot of them are like talking about financial wealth and real estate and all that. Why, why is this your main target? Well, I'm a school psychologist by trade. Uh, educating black children and protecting black boys is something I've dedicated my life to since I was a black boy at the age of nine many years ago. So this is what I do, education and mental health. And being a certified school psychologist for almost 20 years now, I have seen firsthand how special education and in particular the learning disability and ADHD have been used as weapons of mass destruction against black boys. I've seen it. And the greatest, uh, I would say the greatest uh, support to what they do to our boys comes by way of the ignorance of our parents. Our parents don't understand special ed process. We don't understand uh, the disability definitions. We don't understand what a free and appropriate public education is, something we call FAPE. We don't understand what our options are in terms of refusing or discontinuing special ed service. We don't know how to challenge inadequate service. Basically, the ignorant, unprepared black parent has been racism's greatest weapon against our children. We don't know. And unfortunately, our parents are so quick to sign off on paperwork mm-hmm. that they don't even understand. And the reason they do that is because they assume that school personnel has their child's best interest at heart. And I want to dispel that myth. You cannot assume that school personnel have your child's best interest at heart. The school system is an extension of the white supremacy power structure. It is one of the most important components of the white supremacy power structure. You cannot assume that these white teachers that educate our kids have their best interests at heart because most of them do not. And I can say that because I work in schools. Not only am I a school psychologist, I'm a former school principal. I know what goes on in these schools and it is not in the best interest of our children. And we need parents to wake up 
get vigilant, come to the training, learn the information so you can learn how to protect your child. My voicemail fills up every day. Every single day, it maxes out. And 75% of those messages are from parents in distress. So the purpose of the National Black Parent Know Your School Rights Training Tour is to eliminate that distress by preparing you beforehand with how you need to handle these situations. The problem with us is we wait until the school decides to target our children, and then we want to blow up Dr. Umar's phone the night before the meeting, the morning of the meeting. Well, guess what? I can't necessarily get back in contact with you with only being given a day's notice. This is where you have a training. You can get the paperwork, the documentation. You will go home with a training packet that you will be able to use for the rest of your child's educational career to help you protect them. There's no excuse for any black parent not to attend one of these trainings. For those that are not aware, can you please give us a definition of ADHD? ADHD, which is just one of many uh, issues, but along with the learning disability, I would probably consider it, you know, the twin towers of the school to prison pipeline, ADHD, and the so-called learning disability. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder came to us in 1980 as ADD, attention deficit disorder, by the American Psychiatric Association. In 1987, they added the H to the definition. So it went from attention deficit disorder to attention attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And it actually exists in different forms. There is a primarily hyper ADHD, there's a primarily uh, inattentive ADHD, there's a combined type ADHD, and then there's also a form of ADHD that you can still classify a child with even if they don't meet full criteria for the disorder. And it's important for parents to understand that your child can still get the label even if they don't meet full criteria for the disorder. But in 1987, when they upgraded ADD to ADHD, it, I am of the very firm opinion that the reason they upgraded ADD to ADHD, the reason they added hyperactivity to the definition is because the drug companies were not making enough money off of an attention deficit disorder because there's no drug that can make you pay attention. Drugs don't make you pay attention. All drugs can do is slow down normal brain activity. That's what drugs do. And so with the ADHD, they would then be able to justify medicating every boy that gets diagnosed with this disorder. And do you know the side effects of the medication that you speak against? Say that again, Queen. I'm sorry. Do you know the side effects of the medication that you speak against? The medication that they give? Side effects of, yes, indeed. Well, the main medications that they use for ADHD are Ritalin, Mm -hmm. the number one selling most prescribed childhood um, anti-stimulant in the world, even though it actually stimulates the brain. And the irony of Ritalin is they don't understand how it actually operates um, because it's actually a stimulant, but it's being used to control stimulating behavior in boys. But then you also have Adderall, you have Concerta, you have Metadate, you have Cycler, and new drugs are coming out every day because this is a billion-dollar industry. Right. Psychotic meds is a billion-dollar industry. And one of the things that I'm going to stress to our black parents in Texas um, on May the, um, 
second in, in dollars is that mental health is about money now it's not about saving our kids it's all about exploiting so-called disorders in the interest of financial gain that's what it's about and the side effects include brain damage organ failure schizophrenia depression suicidal ideation homicidal thoughts it can stunt your growth early baldness tick disorders um, it can cause sexual dysfunction sexual impotency a lot of these drugs have a lot of uh, estrogen in them so boys can start developing stereotypically feminine behaviors and traits and body parts and, and most of these side effects are irreversible I mean once they begin to take a toll on your child you just can't reverse them you can gain too much weight you can lose too much weight and here's the thing if you go to the website for any of these drugs Ritalin, Adderall, Conservative, Metadate, Cycler it will tell you what the side effects are. They're right there. The problem is our parents don't take time to go and find out what the side effects are, and the doctors never give them informed consent so they can really understand what the side effects are. So we're literally walking into the dark, and we're not even looking for a flashlight. Wow. Now, I know that you're, like, totally against ADHD, right? So you totally against it. You don't think... Do you think there it's, is... It's, it's, it's not about being against it. My position is it doesn't exist. The so you don't think for ADHD it yeah. doesn't exist at all. Uh, the criteria for ADHD is, is, is will constitute normal boy behavior. Uh, being hyper, being inattentive at times, loses things, losing things necessary to get your work done. Uh, taps as as if driven by a motor. Taps or acts as if driven by a motor. You know, can be disorganized. Uh, blurts out answers, um, um, rushes to get things done. Um, in my experience, okay, and again, I've been doing this over 20 years, um, in my experience as both a therapist and a school psychologist and a school principal, 25% of the black boys that I've personally worked with, personally worked with, who were diagnosed with ADHD were really mentally gifted. And mm. what they were calling ADHD behavior was the normal behavior that results when a very intelligent child is not being academically challenged. Of course, they're going to be inattentive and hyper when the work is too easy. In addition to that, a lot of these children are being fed too much table sugar, too much caffeine, too much high fructose corn syrup. So there's dietary behaviors that can explain it. But more often than not, I find that the ADHD behavior can largely be explained by racism and sexism in America's public schools. And what I mean by that is more than 90% of all teachers are women. Most teachers are women. Schools are run by females. And not only are they women, they're white women. So when a black boy comes to school, he has to deal with being discriminated against on basis of his race because he's black and also on the basis of his gender because he is a male. If you want to cut down on ADHD, all you have to do is give our boys strong black male teachers. That is the only thing that is necessary to, to deal with 75% of these challenges. Strong black male teachers. But guess what? In America, they're not interested in hearing about black solutions to black problems. They right. only want to talk about white solutions to black problems, which is to say that they are not going to lay off thousands of white female teachers in order for black boys to get a quality education. 
So you saying ADHD does not exist? Like there's it does not exist. Well, keep in mind, it's only been around since 1987. Mm. So if this was a real disorder. Why did it not come into existence until 1987? And is that a coincidence? Of course it's not a coincidence. In 1980, when ADHD was first invented, that's the same year that the CIA dropped off crack cocaine in the black community. And that's when black fathers start being locked up. That was the beginning of the mass incarceration of the black male. And so with the fathers not in the homes and the mothers not being able to provide adequate discipline uh, placement for the father and not being able to provide adequate emotional support because if he needs his father, he needs his father. Just like if he needs his mother, the father can't replace that. A mother can't replace a father. A father can't replace a mother. So all you're looking at is the natural side effects, unhealthy side effects to the destabilization of the black family that robs our black boys of the black fathers. Had the father still been in the houses, then you would have your discipline. Had the father still been in the houses, you would also have that emotional support that any boy needs from their dad. This is this is nothing more than creating disorders in the interest of profit. Let us be clear. Creating disorders in the interest of profit because you're destroying the black family. That's all this is. And that's why I refer to ADHD as ain't no daddy at home disorder. ADHD. Mm. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come right back. Okay, Dallas, here's an opportunity for you to learn how to protect yourself by any means necessary, by using a gun or by using your hands. There's a an event that's taking place on March 28th and the 29th at the Eagle Gun Range in Louisville, Texas. It is the Survivor of the Fittest Boot Camp, and this event provides LTC training, first aid CPR training, and defense training, which is also hand combat. And you will also receive gifts, and lunch and breakfast is provided. This event is presented by the Eagle Gun Range and CPR with Dietra. Here's an opportunity for you to learn how to not only operate a gun, but also use your hands to protect yourself. These type of events are very important in our community. So many women and also our men do not know how to protect themselves and also know the laws of protecting yourself as well. So this is a very important event and I highly suggest that everybody sign up to participate in this event so you can get certified to carry a handgun and also certified to operate CPR on someone that's in need again. This is the survival of the fittest boot camp, and it will take place on March 28th and the 29th at the Eagle Gun Range in Louisville, Texas. To learn more about this event and to purchase your tickets, you can visit the show notes. And in the show notes, there's a link. All you have to do is click on that link and it will take you directly to the website. Again, look in the show notes and in the show notes, there is a link. And with that link, you go straight to their website so you can learn more about this event and you can also sign up as well. Y'all get protected. Knowledge is power. Peace.
Okay, thank you guys so much for listening to the Bremore Productions podcast, a safe place for the Black opinion. Our special guest today is Dr. Umar Johnson, and we are speaking about ADHD and also the event that's taking place on May 2nd, the Black Parent Academic School Rights Conference that will take place um, May 2nd at Martin Luther King Recreation Center in South Dallas from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So before we gave a shout out to our sponsors, we was talking about how um, ADHD affects the black home. Now, my question is, what are the solutions like for the single mothers that don't have that father figure to tag team parenthood with them? What is that solution? Because you said the the whole issue is there's not a daddy at home. So what about the single moms? How can the single mom... Number one, great question. Uh, number one, one of the things that we do at the 12-hour Black Parent Training Tour that we will be doing in Dallas on May 2nd is one of those topics that we're going to cover is effective behavior modification without medication. Mm. Behavior modification without medication. When I grew up, my parents didn't need drugs to deal with my behavior. When you grew up, your parents probably didn't need drugs to deal with your behavior. So what we have to do is stop letting white people inform how we raise our children. That's one of the biggest problems in the black community. We're letting white people inform how we raise our children. White people have no business telling black people how to raise their children, especially when they're willing to let the police kill them. We have no business taking advice from white people with regards to our children. Now, with that being said, I agree. At the training, parents will learn how. Mothers will be empowered in the techniques and process by which you can change your son's behavior without drugs. So that's number one. Number two is the community solution. So that's the parental solution at home. The community solution is that black men have to step up. Black men should be, there's no reason all these single black mothers are out here dealing with misbehaving boys without no black men helping them out. Yes. We should be there helping them with these young men. So the solution is the community. The solution is that the community has to become a community again. Yeah. And that's not just a solution for the schools. That's a solution for every problem we got, from domestic violence to mass incarceration to black-on-black crime to unemployment. Community is the solution. And for most other ethnic groups in this country, community is just that. It's the solution. It's the solution for Chinese. It's the solution for Jews. It's the solution for Anglo-Saxon. It's the solution for Mexicans. Community is the solution for everybody but black people because we don't have the unity. I blame black men, not single black mothers, for the behavioral crisis of our black boys. Mm. And when you say that, do you ever receive backlash? No. Most of the backlash that I get is I'll get, once in a while I get a black person who objects to my position that ADHD is a fraud and a con game. Uh, Most of the objections I'll get from black men is the fact that I don't approve of interracial marriage. So normally if I'm getting a message from a black man who disagrees with something, he's normally disagreeing with my position on interracial marriage because he has a, he suffers from the snow bunny crisis. What is the snow bunny crisis? The snow bunny crisis is a black <laughs> man's addiction to white skin, pink skin, the white female. And that snow bunny crisis, although it primarily uh, relates to the white woman, in, in general, it speaks to the black man's attraction to anything other 
than a black woman, but usually it's the snow bunny, the pink to white female. Mm. Well, okay, so you said that you guys have solutions without dealing with medication for the black youth. So do you believe in black talk therapy where, you know, the mom can... Oh, absolutely. Okay. I absolutely believe in talk therapy, but talk therapy is for emotional problems. Behavior therapy is for behavior problems. So with behavior therapy, you're looking at how do we change our behavior as parents in order to affect our child's behavior. So behavior therapy is very much about what you need to do, what you need to do, whereas talk therapy is about processing your thinking and your feelings and your emotions, which is very important, especially if you're dealing with depression, anxiety, borderline, bipolar, you're dealing with the loss of a loved one. Talk therapy can be very, very effective. And I recommend talk therapy 50 times over medical therapy anytime. Because even with adults, we see that the mental health system basically wants to give our adults or children drugs because white people don't want to be bonded with black people. You know, so they would rather just dope you up and send you home. So, you know, you go looking for, you're dealing with depression, you know, hey, just take some Prozac. <laughs> you know, you got some anxiety, just take a little bit of this. Take, you got some anger problems, let's give you some difficult. But the problem is that the medication does not solve the problem. All the medicine, all the medicine does is suppress symptoms. That's it. Yeah. It's a symptom suppressor. It is not a solution. And so what happens is you end up being on these drugs forever because they don't solve your problem. You see? So after you end up on these drugs for five, ten years, now you become a permanent drug addict. And instead of just taking, getting high on Ritalin or Depakote, you're now going to the street looking for crack, looking for opioids. In fact, this opioid crisis that's going on, yeah. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet. 30-40% of the young opioid victims were child psychiatric medication victims. I'm willing to bet. Uh. was the logical next step. And this is what they're not telling you in the newspaper reports. They're not telling you this um, on CNN and C-SPAN. You're not hearing about this because the drug companies are so powerful. The drug companies are so powerful that they're able to silence any opposition to what they are doing. They don't want anybody exposed in the relationship between the current opioid crisis and the child psychiatric medication crisis. They don't want you to realize that the ADHD medicine gave birth to the opioid crisis. The ODD medicine gave birth to the opioid crisis. The conduct disorder gave birth to the opioid crisis. Interview these oh, these uh these millennials who are dealing with opioid addiction mm-hmm. and ask, ask them by a show of hands, how many of you were prescribed good medications to deal with disruptive behavior? Half the hands will go up. You make me actually want to do that right now. To be honest, that makes a lot of sense. So when you but say... Again, the drug companies are so powerful that you're not likely to get a story that relates the two. Do you know why? Because... Now everybody suffering from opioid addiction can turn around and do what? Go get they can some. turn around and sue. They can uh. literally sue the Ritalin, the producers of Ritalin and Adderall and Concerta for introducing me into addiction as a child that has now led to my opioid crisis. That is a massive class action lawsuit waiting to happen. Wow. Wow. So you you always say fix the system, stop blaming the child, and I I, I like the fact that 
just now you said that you doing your conference, you are teaching parents what to do versus just talking, but what to do. So when you say fix the system, are you talking about just parents? Or are you also talking about educators, principals, uh, the curriculum, um, the overall situation? Okay. Now, February of last year, we purchased a four-building campus, which includes two schools in Wilmington, Delaware. We are in the process of renovating and restoring that campus so that it will be the Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey RBG International Leadership Academy for Pan-African Excellence, an independent African-centered academy for black boys with myself as the president and principal. That is the solution. The solution is independent schools. That's the solution. Public school will never work for black children as long as white teachers are going to be teaching our kids. The only way public school will work for black children is if it were black teachers teaching our children. And we are currently in a national shortage. We currently have a national shortage of black teachers, men and women because they're being driven away from the profession by being overworked, underpaid, underpromoted. And then also, I also believe that they're systematically kept from passing the teacher's examination as well. So you don't have enough black teachers. Public school is a disaster. And the only reason why you still have public school is because white women need to pay their mortgages. That's the only reason why public school exists, because it is a job bank for white women. The purpose of public education in 21st century America is to prepare black boys for prison and black girls for poverty. That is the purpose of schools. If we want to do something other than prepare black women for poverty and black men for prison, then we better open up our own schools. That's the solution. But until we do that, until we do that, I have to prepare black mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and foster parents and adoptive parents in the art of warfare in public and charter school. And that is the purpose of the Black Parent Training Tour, to teach them how to fight back legally, professionally, procedurally, non-emotionally. That's what we're doing with the training tour. So the next best thing to open in our own schools, which we will be doing in Wilmington, is to have parents come and be trained in the art of protecting your child. Now, let me also say, for those who are interested in donating to the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy, because we need as much funding as we can to get the buildings fixed up, you can donate on your cash app by going to dollar sign SDMG School on the cash app, dollar sign SDMG School, or you can also mail in your donations and make them payable to SDMG Academy, and that would be P.O. Box 9634 Wilmington, Delaware, that's P.O. Box 9634, Wilmington, Delaware, 19809. And for folks who need to reach me, and we're not done until you're done, Queen, but I just want to put the information out there. If they need to reach me, 8444-DR-UMAR. That's 8444-DR-UMAR. And they can also text message me at area code 215-989-9858. Again, 215-989. 9858 or 8444 Dr. Umar. So for I know you you 
Is your school open already? No, ma'am. We're raising money to renovate the school. We're fixing it up. Okay. So um, for those that don't have access or would not have access to your school, what schools do you recommend? Public, charter, or homeschool? Um, it depends on the quality. You, you cannot answer that unless you see the actual option. Right. So for example, for a parent in Dallas, Texas, homeschooling may be preferable to both the local public school and the charter school. And by the way, charter schools are public schools too. They're alternative public schools. They're publicly funded, so they have to follow the same laws that the public schools follow. Uh, now, in Dallas, homeschooling might be preferable to public school or charter school. In Houston, the charter school might be a good charter school, which may be preferable to the public school and would prevent the parent from having to homeschool. And then somewhere else, the public school might be better than the charter school and may also be preferable to homeschooling. So you can't answer that question unless you actually see the options. It's like if someone tell you, we're going to the restaurant that you've never been to, but we're going to order the food before we get there. Do you want smoked turkey wings? Do you want baked salmon? Do you want barbecue chicken? You can't answer that question because you may like turkey wings. You may like barbecue chicken. You may like baked salmon, but you don't know what quality of salmon they got. You don't know how they prepare their chicken wings. You don't know what flavor, how they flavor their turkey wings. You follow me? Yeah. It's like if somebody, if, let's say you love seafood salad. And somebody said, my girlfriend made some seafood salad. Do you want some? It all depends. I need to sample it first because I don't know how she makes her seafood salad. All seafood salad is not made the same. All turkey wings are not made the same. All charter schools are not made the same. All public schools are not made the same. All homeschools are not made the same. I've seen excellent homeschools. I've seen horrible homeschools. Mm -hmm. I've seen excellent charter schools. I've seen horrible charter schools. I've seen excellent public schools. I've seen horrible public schools. So I could never advise you unless you show me the particular school you're talking about, the particular homeschool operation that you're talking about. So what what are the benefits of attending your school? What it, What makes your school stand out? And, and is most beneficial for black children? What is going to make the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy different? Well, it'll probably be the first school in American history that focuses on teaching black men how to be nation builders mm. and how to be economically self-sufficient. We are not a college prep academy. 99% of all the schools our kids go to in this country are college prep. They exist to help you get into college. And then you get into college and you get financially exploited by the college and the bank. In four years, you graduate from college, you owe almost $100,000 and you can't even find a job to pay it off. College is a trap. It is. I'm not against college. Woo. Okay, I have a doctorate. I have six degrees. Okay, but I also went to college a generation ago. Young people are going to college now. It doesn't hold the same relevance it holds for us because back then, college still meant something. Today, a black child going to college now is basically being set up for long-term financial debt to the banks of America. College is a trap for black people because college teaches you in areas and disciplines that require you to go and work for white people. If you're not going to work for white people, what good is college for you? It doesn't hold any. It doesn't hold any benefit for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I do want to offer a caveat, a disclaimer, which is to say 
that we do need engineers, we do need doctors, we do need teachers, we do need psychologists, and those professions do require a college degree. So for our children who plan to be doctors and lawyers and psychologists and engineers, nurses, they need to go to college. I'm not talking about those children because they that does not represent every black child. There's only a few black children who want to be that. The bulk of our children don't necessarily care for college and don't necessarily care for an upper echelon career. So why can't they go to trade school and become a plumber in two years, a carpenter in two years, an auto mechanic in two years, a welder in two years? Why do you have to go to college when you can go to trade school and probably make as much, if not more money, than the people with the PhDs? It's because we are not giving our children the options that are available. And at the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy, we're going to make sure our young men understand the options that are available. And the number one option that will be available to them is the ability to become a self-made millionaire by using their own hands in their own mind. That's what we're going to teach. I call the Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey Academy a black God university because that's what we will be producing. Black men, real black men for real black women with real black solutions who will be economically self-sufficient and able to take care of their family, whether they go to college or not. We're changing the paradigm. I love that. Um, So I believe in everything that you're saying. I am a huge supporter of your work and I believe that we have to change our mindset. And although the information you're giving us is valuable, what are ways for black people to transition their way of thinking. And I say this because it took a a very long time for me to even come across your videos on YouTube and to watch the documentaries that you've been um, featured in. And that those documentaries and YouTube videos actually changed the way my mindset in the way that I think. So what are ways to transition the, the mindset of black folk? Well, as my great ancestor, Frederick Douglass, my four times great cousin said, it is better to raise strong children than to repair broken men. And that is one of the models of the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy, along with another model from the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey. He said, without confidence in yourself, you are twice defeated in the race of life. With confidence, you have won even before you have started. And those are the two main models of the FDMG Academy. And I say that to say that we have to train about children the right way. We have to stop letting our children get destroyed psychologically by public school and white media. And then when they get messed up at the age of 18, we want to spend the rest of their life trying to bring them into black consciousness. That is dysfunctional. Why are you allowing them to go to a go through a 12, 13 year system of psychological devastation, psychological brainwash, psychological self alienation? Why are they in public school when they belong to a community of people? The American African community is a two trillion dollar community. Can you explain to me why any black child in America needs to be taught by a white woman? when we spend $2 billion a year on Air Jordan? Why does any black child in America have to be taught by a white woman when we spend $4 billion a year on liquor? Why does any black child have to be taught by a white woman when black women spend in excess of $20 billion a year on beauty and hair care products? 
our people, we do not care about the future of our children or the future of the community. We are selfish to a fault. And I would argue that black people might even be more selfish than white folks. Because guess what? White folks will come together and build schools for their children. Black folks hardly, if ever, do that. There's no more than about two dozen independent black schools in this country. That is absolutely pathetic with the type of money that we waste on unnecessary, frivolous merchandise. We, white supremacy is black people's number one problem. I want to be clear. But we are problem number one B. If white supremacy is problem one A, it is the self-hate of the Negro, which is problem one B. And the reason why it's so difficult for us to do what we need to do is because we don't want the responsibility for doing it. Mm. Black people are not interested in being held accountable to the community for what we do on behalf of the community. Black folks don't have a problem answering the white folks. We have no problem answering for answering to them. We've been trained how to do that for 400 years. But when it comes to being accountable to your own people for what you do on their behalf, no black folk is interested in that. We don't want to be responsible for how we spend for our people. We don't want to be responsible for how we struggle for our people. Nobody wants to be accountable to the black people. Black people do not want to be accountable to black people. Anyone who's ever worked around black people knows what I'm talking about. If you've ever worked and you were the supervisor over black people, or if you had a black supervisor that was over you and your team, any job, any career, you notice how difficult it was for that black supervisor to get black people to do the work. Almost impossible. They would talk about them, sabotage them. They wouldn't want to produce because we have a self-hate that is deeper than the blood in our veins. And that self-hate operates subconsciously. Whenever we get around each other, we automatically start engaging in self-destructive behavior. That was taught to you systematically and institutionally through slavery. If you want to unlearn that, you must do it in the future generation, institutionally and systematically. I mean, that makes sense. It does. But how does um, the parents with this mindset, how do they even teach the next generation when they still stuck and conditioned? They have to be taught, which is why at the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy, every parent who enrolls their child in our school, because it is ours, yours as much as mine. The money that purchased the school was donated by black people from all over the world in trust to the academy. Every parent who enrolls a child in the school will also be responsible for participating in a parent university. They have to go to school as well. If they're not interested in going to school as well, their child cannot attend our school. Mm. That's an awesome solution. But what about the parents and the in the students that don't have access to your your school? Well, they got access. They can move to Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> but uh, realistically speaking, I mean, that is an option. A lot of parents have already told me they're moving as soon as the school is open. In fact, I anticipate that Wilmington, Delaware will probably be the next black Wall Street in this country by virtue of the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy. With that being said, we do plan to replicate the school. This is not a one-school movement. We want to put them everywhere. My life's goal is to build as many independent Pan-African nationalist academies around the world. That is my life's work. That is my contribution to the Pan-African revolutionary movement. That is my way of serving God, my way of serving the supreme ruler of this universe, divine consciousness, 
the majesty of all that is. My way of serving God is by building these schools and by serving our people. So that's what I want to do. So it won't just be one school. We want to keep on doing it. We will also, at some point in time, build a cyber school platform where kids who cannot be in Delaware can actually get on the computer and uh, tap into the classroom visually. So we can see them, they can see us, and they can participate with their classmates, even though they're not there. And I think a visual platform like that would be a very, very powerful thing for our children. And so that is something I would be hoping to implement. But even those children who are uh, members of our visual academy, they will still be responsible for coming to the school for a couple of weeks throughout the year because they still, they still have to build that relationship and camaraderie with their brothers and sisters who are physically at the school because they're going to be brothers and sisters for the rest of their lives. So they will still have to come to the school sometimes. Awesome. Well, Dr. Umar, thank you so much for stopping by the Bremore Productions podcast. Do you want to um, inform the, the people on anything else? Uh, yes, indeed. I just want to say I'm looking forward to coming back to Dallas. Um, last time I was in Dallas was Kwanzaa of 2018. Um, I spoke there at the Texas Theater in Dallas. We had a very large crowd. Um, I have a strong following in Dallas. I have yes, a strong you do. following in Houston as well. Um, Austin, San Antonio. I mean, Texas is a big state for me. So I'm just hoping all of our parents are motivated enough to learn how to protect their children by showing up to the Martin Luther King Jr. Center in Dallas at 9 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, May 2nd, so we can begin the Black Parent Revolution. Get your tickets, drumarjohnson.com. If you need to reach me, drumarjohnson at yahoo.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Umar Johnson and on Facebook at Dr. Umar Ifatunde, 215-989-9858, Black Power. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, peace.